0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Uh, My go-to dish, I would say, is... um Roast chicken, but my my favorite thing is I like to have the legs and the wings for dinner right when it comes out of the oven because I, I think the rest just heats up better for for use. But um, I, I call it cowboy dinner. <laughs> because it like it's just piping hot right out of the oven and it's just like you know I just eat with my hands um it's, it's just really messy it just kind of reminds me of like sitting around the campfire you know just kind of picking meat off the bones but uh but Steph is a little bit similar to you Mary where she does not like to touch meat with her hands um so it's just the thing that Matt does
0: <laughs> that's Matt Agnew our co-producer and editor here today for a bit of an autumn catch-up
1: So, Mary, you've got a very cool new project that you've been working on. Do you want to tell us about it?
0: I do. I do. I'm so happy you asked. It's not that it was written in the script,
1: you asked it. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I'm finally getting the opportunity to, to launch my KC Holiday Box. This has been something, Matt, I've talked about and thought about this for about two years. And I've always talked myself out of it. And this year was the year that I thought... We've had one heck of a year and I know I like to spoil myself and just, it brings a smile to my face. And I wanted to do that and share that with everyone. So I curated this, this box with a whole bunch of products that I love. I enjoy some are designed specifically for the box and, um, some are things that I use every single day. A couple of things I want to mention about the box are one, it's going to be a surprise because who doesn't love a surprise? I know I do. Matt, you love surprises.
1: Uh, I do like a surprise, but so I got to say, I've, I've seen what's going in this box or at least most <laughs> of it. It's not a surprise to me. Um, right. but there's some amazing stuff in there. I, I have to say, so if we're keeping it a surprise, but I, I'll just hype it up a little bit. It's a great box.
0: <laughs> it, it really is. And I, I mean, cause I know me, I may be biased or you may think that, but it really is. I have taken so much time in selecting the perfect items. They're all from Canadian vendors, Canadian businesses.
1: That's fantastic. So,
0: right. Canadian owned. And... They're all female owned and operated.
1: How, how come that was important to you to do?
0: One, I mean, I'm always, I'm always about supporting local. Doesn't matter whether it's female owned and operated, but I wanted to take that next level with female owned and operated, because I don't think that over the years we have concentrated enough on that, building that platform, supporting women, women supporting women. Um, it, it was very important to me to do that and share this with other women that are in the business.
1: Okay, so if if you can't tell us exactly what's in the box, at least give a little tease and tell us what types of things people are going to find in there.
0: What are they going to find? They're going to find something that may set the mood, Um, maybe something you could wear. Okay. I can never put anything together without putting something a little tasty treat in there. Naturally. Naturally, right. Um, What else can I say about it without giving too much away? Well, I can say that pre-sale is going to go up soon. And I do want to mention that if you want to be first on the list to know about when we actually launch the holiday box, go to my website. There's going to be a subscription there. Put your email address in and you'll be the first to know when we pre-sale these boxes.
1: Awesome. So that's kitchenconfession.com for your Kitchen Confession holiday box. Sign up.
0: Okay. So now that I've plugged that, I want to talk a little bit about you. And then we can come back to me. But I want to go to you because you've been hyping up. You have some really cool kitchen confessions. And they're unusual.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd say cool. I'd say largely embarrassing. But yeah, I want to share them because that's so cool, funny to me. <laughs> and make people feel not so bad about about their kitchen mistakes.
0: <laughs> okay, tell me. You got to share. I,
1: I got to start this this one off. This is really from this summer, but it was after our summer catch up. It happened, I think, you know, just the, the week or two after. Um, and I'm really sad that it uh, didn't make the summer catch up. So I got to start off with this one. This story is about a super terrible mixology experiment.
0: Oh, I like it already.
1: You know me, Mary. I'm, I'm typically a guy who likes my alcohol straight. I'm a big mm-hmm. whiskey fan, and I would consider it a crime to make mixers out of most of the bottles on my shelf. Mm-hmm. However, I have to say I was inspired by an episode of your other podcast, Bits and Bites. Uh, you guys had a mixologist on talking about summer cocktails and fancy syrups and garnishes, and in particular, there was one uh, that he talked about and I was enamored with the idea of, of these black pepper whiskey cherries as a garnish. I thought that sounded so cool. So I went and looked it up. So this was Zach Kvoss of Kvoss Fine Beverage Co. And so, yeah, I was just very inspired by that episode. So I thought I'd, I'd try something new. So I was asked to kind of play bartender for my granddad's birthday over the summer. And I uh, thought it would be fun to do a, a signature cocktail. It was, it was kind of last minute, I have to say, okay? So if, if you take any advice away from this, it's not to do not do cocktails. Um, it's to actually plan ahead. So this was all very last minute. I had no equipment. I followed a half-baked online recipe with substituted ingredients. And again, I'd, I've never done cocktails, okay? So I'm already substituting stuff and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I didn't have time to wait for the shipping from Kvass Fine Beverage Co., which is a big mistake. Um, and I ended up getting a, getting, uh, a similar syrup. It was like a um, bourbon oak syrup kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and um, <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, mixology, like baking, is a bit of a science and a bit of an art. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what I, what I t- tried to make was like a maple bourbon lager cocktail. It sounded great. But like I said, I substituted ingredients. I don't know what I'm doing anyway. Um, and uh so my my aunt comes <laughs> up and she's the first one. She's like, okay, give me the classic Jimmy, you know? So I, I poured one for her, and again, again, I don't have equipment. I'm just kind of eyeballing stuff, okay? Because this is how I cook. Just like <laughs> off the fly, you know, eyeballing <laughs> stuff, whatever. Sort of loosely follow a recipe with my own substitutions. I was not Ooh. experienced enough to be trying to pull this off. And she, so she takes a sip and she's just like mm. That's really mapley, <laughs> <laughs> And I tried it, and I was like, oh, that's garbage. So I, I tossed all that. I put all the stuff that I had brought to make them under the counter, and I just put the loggers on ice, and uh, we, we gave up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> that was bad
0: (laughs) moral of the story don't make matt be the bartender
1: (laughs) uh yeah i'm i'm gonna stick with straight whiskey i'm gonna stick with what i know
0: oh my gosh that is too
1: funny all right mary let's let's bring it back to you you're flip-flopping me all over the script here so i'm I'm gonna get back back on track what have you been experimenting with in your kitchen this autumn what's going on
0: I'm flip-flopping because I'm used to being the one asking the questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just can't give up the torch, huh?
0: (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. What have I been working on? You know that I have this foolproof, step-by-step plan to cooking the perfect turkey on my website. I added an extra step this year, which I have never done before. I'm not going to lie. I'm not into brining um, because I don't like that wet brine kind of thing going on. But I did try a dry rub brine for the first time. I am hooked. So if you follow that recipe, that step-by-step guide on my website as to how to actually roast and what to do, there's a little, a little trick in there when you're roasting it. The dry rub, what's beautiful about this is, is that if you're not into that messy, messy kind of wet brining, but you want something to tenderize and flavor your turkey, This is it.
1: So, Mary, why don't you just bring it back for a second to, um, for anyone who who might not have heard of a dry brine before, like, just how is it different from uh, a regular brine?
0: Okay, so regular brine, it's a water-based solution. You get a bucket large enough to submerge your turkey in it. You leave that overnight, a couple of day or two, and that gets soaked into the um, turkey. The dry rub, it's a whole bunch of spices that you mix together in a bowl and then using your hand, you rub it all over the turkey. And what I did was I actually lifted the skin slightly. You want to keep the skin on your turkey and then just put a couple of tablespoons of that between the flesh and the skin of the turkey to season that. Put a couple of more um, tablespoons within the cavity of the turkey. And I mean, don't just toss it in. You want to kind of really pat it into like the rib cage and all around and get that, Marinating in those spices. Now, because you're using all this salt and all these spices, and you're putting it directly onto the turkey, you're really rubbing it in. You're getting them between the skin into the cavity. You'd think that there's a possibility maybe too salty. Nope, not at all. It was perfectly salted. Um, I left mine to sit for about 24 hours. You can go 24 hours up to three days if you want, sitting with this brine on it. Just I would advise using, you know, that cling wrap. It's like that plastic wrap, but it actually seals the sides.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do that. Place that right over your turkey. Get everything nice and, you know, covered up in a dish. Cover the top so it's nice and sealed. Um, And then just let it sit there in your refrigerator. I did 24 hours and it was still beautifully tender, tasty, uh, flavorful. I went a little extra and I put um, some butter in between the flesh and the skin as well.
1: Oh, wow. So I
0: just doubled up. Yeah, I doubled up a little bit on that as well. Um, I tell you, this is definitely by far my go-to now. So I'm going to add this onto my recipe. If you're interested, you don't need to, because you can keep it just with salt, pepper, some lemon, and I have some other ingredients that I actually stuff into the cavity before we actually start roasting it. But this dry brine adds an extra layer to it, which is what I loved about it.
1: Yeah, totally. That sounds fantastic. I'm definitely going to try that.
0: Right. And then if you're making the gravy from those drippings, there's that flavor from all those spices, from all that uh, lemon and and rosemary and sage. And it just, it's so good. You get that into the pan, you make your gravy. Gravy is to die for.
1: You had some uh, tips as well about making stock from from the turkey carcass after we dry brine and enjoy that.
0: Yeah. So one, don't make the stock with your scissors in it. Like I have... (laughs) one thanksgiving
1: (laughs) solid pro tip thank you mary yes yeah
0: you make sure that you get rid of those scissors when you're cutting it up to try and fit it into your stock pot just don't toss it in with the bones so i learned the hard way one of the tips and a lot of people don't know when you're making stock the temperature of your water that you're adding to the pot makes a difference if you're adding hot water versus cold water hot water will give you more of a cloudy finish to your stock.
1: Oh really? Yes. I did if you not know add that. Add cold
0: water and boil the water from cold. You get more of a clear fluid stock.
1: I, I guess that that matters um, more in terms of presentation than flavor, though.
0: Flavor is all the same. Uh, exactly. It's more in terms of presentation. Um, to me, they're both wonderful. It's it's just because the flavors are the same. It doesn't it doesn't affect any other component of the stock. It's literally just one is cloudy, one is clear.
1: Okay. Let's uh let's hear it. Mary's kitchen confession. You, earlier you were pretending before we started recording you were pretending like you were just absolutely on fire and you've not messed anything up in the last 3 months. Is that true?
0: Okay, I am on fire because I haven't. Um <laughs> which shocked even me because I am the queen of mishaps because if you don't make mistakes then you're not learning. And maybe I was just keeping it simple and doing recipes that I've been used to or because honestly, when we're talking about it, I'm like, what did I mess up on? And then it hit me. It's not so much a mess up. It's this really weird quirk that I have when it comes <laughs> to raw meat. Um, Turkey and chicken, to be exact. You know the way they give you that whole little package of good stuff inside? Yes. And I'm saying good stuff with air quotes you can't see. Um, <laughs> And it's like the neck and the gizzards and all that good that
1: stuff. The giblets, yeah, yeah.
0: I can't put my hand inside that turkey or chicken to take it out without getting the dry heaves without gagging. <laughs> I literally cannot. It's not a good sight. I have to call someone to do it
1: for me. I, I imagine that would have to be Frank, right?
0: Frank, my sister, whoever happens to be in the home, I will enlist their services and to come and helping me. I'm not kidding. That, and you know what else I can't? Speaking of I can't watch people eating oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it. I can't watch it. I can't I can't be around. Like I can look away and then I start talking really loud to whoever's beside me so I don't notice it. Um, and that's where my central vision comes in really handy because if I turn my mm-hmm. head, I don't see what's happening in front of me.
1: Out of sight, out of mind. So exactly. Mary just can't deal with the wet and slurpy aspects. Of, i'm not of kidding the kitchen. we were at
0: a restaurant with a bunch of girlfriends <laughs> and i said guys please don't <laughs> order them they did because they knew and i was dry heaving at the table it's just not and frank still married me i don't understand it <laughs> but yeah that's, that's my, fantastic i love that's it. my kitchen confession
1: love it
0: i'm mary mamoliti and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast today i'm catching up with my co-producer and editor matt agnew so on order catch-ups, we treat the questions we'd like to ask us. So how about this one, Matt? What's your go-to dish?
1: Uh, my go-to dish, I would say, is um, roast chicken. Because I do it in, in a bunch of different ways. Um, I've, I've tried it, it with like a um, paprika and white bean chorizo stuffing. I do it, we were talking earlier about brining. I, I really like how roast chicken comes out after a buttermilk brine. Uh, I've also done it spatchcocked in a in the cast iron with a spicy jalapeno brine. So I like to you know try different ways, but it's all it's just kind of about perfecting that that roast chicken, um, no, no matter the sort of flavor style. But my f- my favorite thing is I like to have the legs and the wings for dinner right when it comes out of the oven because I, I think the rest just heats up better for for a use. But um, I, I call it cowboy dinner. <laughs> 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 it's a bit of another confession i call it cowboy dinner because it like it's just piping hot right out of the oven and it's just like you know i just eat with my hands um it's it's just really messy it just kind of reminds me of like sitting around the campfire you know just kind of picking meat off the bones but uh but steph is a little bit similar to you mary where she does not like to touch meat with her hands um so this is just the thing that matt does
0: <laughs> so you have a game plan when you tackle a chick- a roast chicken
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I save the the chicken breast um, and and just whatever the the, the other pickings for uh, you know chicken salad sandwich later or or something like that tomorrow. Um, but uh, but yeah, I love to have the legs and the wings for dinner that night, right when it comes out of the oven when it's super hot. Yeah,
0: you know that's another quick meal that I really like. Frank and I enjoy it. Um, you get some rye bread or some sourdough bread, toast that up. Get if you have a roast if you've roasted a chicken, like you said, the extra pieces. Or you buy a roast, a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. Break that all up, make a chicken salad, and have that for dinner. I usually put like a little um, spicy jardinier on top. Matt, it's delicious.
1: That sounds fantastic, right?
0: It's it's quick, it's easy.
1: Yeah, that is that is got to be one of your top ten tips of all time, Mary. I think right right up there with you know flipping your turkey upside down to start mm-hmm. uh, to cook so the the breast doesn't dry out. So just pick up like a grocery store rotisserie chicken makes weeknights so much easier.
0: So easy, so easy. And then even oh look, I'm on a roll now. Even if you take <laughs> that rotisserie chicken, and I know I'm going off topic, but I got to share this one rotisserie chicken. You break that up. You shred that up. You um, make a little bit of like a, of a gravy, put some vegetable in there, put that in a pie plate, top it with some puff pastry. Oh, you've got yourself a quick and easy chicken pot pie.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love it.
0: So what's been new for you in the kitchen this fall?
1: New for me in the kitchen this fall. Um, we did a, a vegetarian Thanksgiving this year. Um, which was kind of new for us. Uh, So my in-laws came over. They are vegan. Um, So we had a couple of different options uh, for for everybody. But um, normally we do like a turkey breast roast alongside uh, all the other vegetarian and vegan options. Um, But this Mm -hmm. year we just decided to go all in. Um, And so the air fryer was... great as a little bit of extra oven room. But um, yeah, we did uh, sweet potato and butternut squash mash with candied pecans on top. And then we took the seeds from butternut squash and roasted those up and used them as a topper on a kale salad with uh, nut crusted butternut squash. So good. We did a wild rice cider peel off. So instead of water to cook the rice, we used apple cider and uh, threw some cinnamon sticks in there. I did a mushroom pot pie. And finally, we did Cedar Plank Oven Roasted Veggies. We had zucchini and eggplant and carrots. And I got to tell you, eggplant, Cedar Plank Eggplant is unreal. It just soaks up all that flavor. And it was just like a really different... I mean, I'm familiar with that flavor from like Cedar Plank Salmon, but that's pretty Mm -hmm. much the only thing I've ever done on there. Cedar Plank Roast Veggies, fantastic.
0: Okay, can you... I got to stop you there. Can you walk me through what you've done with the cedar plank roast eggplant
1: i mean it's super super simple uh all i did so soak your cedar plank um for i think it's usually about three hours it doesn't have to be as long if you're doing it in the oven versus the barbecue Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah we soaked the plank for three hours and then i just thinly sliced up um you know maybe a quarter inch slices or so um a bunch of different veggies and just kind of like arrange them it's a really neat presentation style as well too because you Mm -hmm. just kind of put it out on the board and it looks fantastic um and then you just flip them halfway through to make sure both sides are getting crispy because if you just leave the one side down it might come out like a little bit soggy so you just flip them in between
0: did you toss them with a little bit of olive oil at all or no
1: yes yes i tossed everything in olive oil and sea salt before they went in And that was it. Nice. Yeah, and it just came out really great. And I think what we learned about veggie Thanksgiving, and and we're not vegans or vegetarians Mm -hmm. necessarily, we're kind of flexitarians, I would say. And uh, I think what we learned about cooking, you know, a big vegan vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner was um, just getting out of the mindset of having a main. Carnivores, we really like to have that meat as the main and then everything else as a side. Um, but I think just having the variety as, as well as making sure the flavors kind of complement each other a, a, across the plate and that you're not just having a lot of one flavor profile was really mm-hmm. important. But yeah, just getting away from that idea of you got to have a main and then a couple other little things to go with it really contributed a lot of variety to Thanksgiving. And of course, we had all the classic Thanksgiving flavors, uh, you know, the cranberries and the cinnamon and things like that. It just kind of tied everything together really nicely.
0: I like that. And I like that uh, Tippy said it was just having all the different flavors, not necessarily trying to replicate a turkey or um, just working with a lot of different flavors.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've really been trying to expand my vegetable repertoire uh, over the past little while, because um, that's that's really what I, I find is is it's not that I think vegetarian or vegan dishes are bad. I just am not nearly as experienced in making them as I am with, with meat-centered dishes. And so just I've been working on, on getting better at those, and I've been discovering some really awesome stuff.
0: All right. Don't just think because you volunteered a kitchen confession already <laughs> that you're off the hook. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yep. Do you have a fall confession for us?
1: I do have a fall confession. I do, have oh. a, I do have one.
0: See, when you say it like that, I already want to start to laugh.
1: Valid. Valid (laughs) is all I can say. Okay, here we go. It must have been a Sunday afternoon, uh, just before Thanksgiving, I think, because I think we were having one of our production meetings. And uh, Steph called me from downstairs, and she sounded just distraught. So I ran downstairs to see what was going on. Um, and it turned out she was she was trying to make pumpkin pie and there was something about her pastry and I don't know what happened, but um, maybe it was too thick of a crust or something, but her her uh, pastry was melting and it had melted over the rim of the of the pie dish <gasps> and into the bottom of the oven and it was burning and so and I guess what had happened as, as well she had a she had a thick crust pastry and it was melting over the side but it it was a tin pie pan i think she was trying to you know to save on on the cleanup a little bit a tin pie pan (laughs) and uh and and she was trying to transfer it to a a cookie sheet to give it something more solid underneath um and maybe save the pastry from burning on the bottom of the oven and so i jump in and i'm trying to help and uh i I tried to put it it, transfer the (laughs) the tin pie pan into a glass pie pan (gasps) and here i am trying to help the, the tin just folded under me and i dumped the liquid pumpkin pie filling all over the counter (laughs) all over the bottom of the stove uh it starts burning almost instantly on the bottom of the stove it starts smoking the smoke detector goes off the dog is freaking out because no dog i know loves a loves a smoke detector um and it's just the pie filling is everywhere and uh yeah I think I think we ended up having to cut our production meeting short because I was mopping up pie filling for the rest of the afternoon it was It was tragic. I remember that <laughs> So there you go. there's my my fall confession. in the end, a tin pie pan did did nothing to uh, help with the cleanup time. So I would just say, go ahead, use the actual pie pan and, and spend the time to wash it.
0: Oh, I love that Now, I did finish all the questions, right?
1: Yep, that's it. And now it goes.
0: It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening.